You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Enter the land. They do some exploration. They see what's happening within the land. They gather big bunches of fruit, and then they return. Verse 25, we pick it up again. After exploring the land of Canaan 40 days, the 12 men returned to Kadesh in the Paran Desert and told Moses, Aaron, and the people what they had seen. They showed them the fruit and said, look at this fruit. The land we explored is rich with milk and honey, but the, wall, but the people who live there are strong and their cities are large and walled. Before we carry on reading, is, 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 there, a, is there a but to our promise? Is, is there a that stumbling block, that wall between us and what God might be wanting to do in our lives? Anyone ever use that? That, 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 that line, yeah, but God, but I, I want to have a great marriage, but you don't know the troubles of God in my home. I want to step in faith, I do, but I'm not sure about the risk. You don't know my past, and God says, yes, I do. I know I need to lose weight, but I just like food too much. Amen to that one. <laughs> I know I need to forgive that person, but they hurt me so bad. I know I need to give my first to God, but there's so many bills. I know what I should do, but you could fill in your blank there, couldn't you? What is it, what, what, what is it that's stopping us? What excuse are we making? What reason are we giving God for why he won't fulfill his promise? In verse 2, God says, Choose a leader from each tribe. Send them into Canaan to explore the land I am giving you. The promise is there. It wasn't even on necessarily the conditions other than trust me. Explore the land I'm giving you. It was there. Just had to take it. And so in this group of spies, there are two who actually believe what God said. The others, they went in and they said, it's good, it's amazing, it's incredible, but, but. Verse 30, it says, Caleb calmed down the crowd and said, let's go and take the land. I know we can do it. But the other men replied, these people are much too strong for us. Then they started spreading rumors and saying, we won't be able to grow anything in that soil. And the people are like giants. In fact, we saw the Nephilim, who are the ancestors of the Anakim. They were so big that we felt as small as grasshoppers. Were the people of Israel grasshoppers? No, they weren't. But they felt as though they were. How many people know that we can't trust our feelings? If I was to make decisions around my, my, my faith, my, my family, my future, based on how I feel on any given day, we would be in trouble. Okay, I got, I got two hours sleep last night, so I'm, I'm on my third coffee. If I went on my feelings today, I wouldn't be feeling so good. And you wouldn't be feeling so good listening to me. But I'm here in faith, by faith. And each of us, we have to make a decision that we will live our lives by faith, not by our feelings. That allowed fear to paralyze them. The people begin to raise their voice and weep aloud. They begin to grumble and complain and say, what if we could just go back to Egypt? It was so much better there. We had a whip on our back. We're eating leeks and onions. 
Is that good? How is that better than what's ahead? Man, I'd take on a giant if it was that compared to that option. But they would even take the worst option because they were afraid of what might happen. Joshua and Caleb, they get pretty violently opposed to this attitude. It says they tear their clothes. They say, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. You can hear them. Can you imagine? Just, come on, guys. We're so close. We could step in now. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. These are the words that were spoken with such confidence in the promise of God. You think that would motivate the people? Having seen the Red Sea part, walk through on dry land and the, the waters converge down and destroy the army. They need food, so God provides manna and quail. The dying of thirst, so God opens up a rock because, of course, that's where the water would come from. God provides time and time again. He protects time and time again. And here they are on the edge of the promise. But would they trust God? The people wanted to stone them. But don't, don't take us into that place where we're going to die. Had they chosen to trust God right then and there, they would have walked into their promised land. That's the reality of it. Instead, God says to the people, not one of them, verse 23, will see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with content will ever see it. And here's the verse I want us to consider today. Verse 24. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Something inside Caleb says, I'm not going back to Egypt. Come on, some of us, we're longing to go back to Egypt and God's saying, no. The promise, yes, there will be a battle. There will be a fight. There will be a sacrifice. There will be a surrender, a laying down of the things that we want to hold on to. But it's because of what's to come. There's a promise that is there, and you just have to walk towards the promise. Like Jaden didn't know what I was preaching on this morning. But come on, it might seem pointless walking around Jericho. But we continue to trust the promise that's ahead of us. Now, we don't know as much about Caleb as we do Moses. Or about Joshua even. Not as many stories told about him. But I reckon he could have had a book himself. We don't have a book of Caleb, but I reckon there would be some cool stories of his faith, of his courage, of his leadership. But there's two characteristics we see written in the text, and I want to look at these today. The first thing we see in Caleb that should inspire us as we go after the promises that God has for our lives is Caleb had a different spirit that sees the future with faith. Caleb wasn't in the promised land, but he saw it. 
He had faith to believe he would be there. Caleb had a different spirit, which means he saw a different perspective to others. Do you know those people in your life? Have you got those people that see something in you? Because sometimes we find it harder to see what's in us and other people see it in us more than we do in ourselves. In fact, that's probably the majority of us. I don't think there are many people out there so confident in themselves and their ability. Most of us go, I don't think I've got what it takes. And others go, yes, you do. How much more so does God, when he's established something, he said, this is my promise for you. Will he fulfill it? The other, the other spies operated, I believe, out of a spirit of fear. But Caleb had a spirit of faith. He knew how big his God was. He had no problem trusting the promises that God had made to the Israelite people. Verse 30, we read it earlier. Caleb calmed down the crowd. He goes, come on, just, just settle down. Let's go take the land. I know we can do it. We can do it. We've got this because God's promised it. Why did he have confidence? Because he trusted God. And I know it's easy for us to, to kind of be there and, or imagine us being there. And yeah, we saw the Red Sea parted and the quail and the manna. And, and all of us would probably think, yeah, I, I wouldn't have had any problem. But what are the things that we balk at? What are the things that we, we get a little bit scared about? Someone talks about, hey, what would you, you do on Sunday? Um, um, some gardening. Had lunch with the family. I'm just straight into, man, I was at church. It was awesome. Well, that's where I, that's where I lead off. What would you do on the weekend? What about when God has done something miraculous in your life? Are we afraid to share that? Are we afraid to actually give God some glory for what he's done? Come on, we've got to be bold enough sometimes. It's like there might not be a giant that's standing in front of us, but sometimes that fear of what people might think. And today's day and age, my goodness. I think there's the spirit of fear that's coming upon people to say, I, I don't know if I can even speak the truth because it might hurt somebody, it might upset somebody, it might offend somebody. God's saying, no, I want you to live in truth. Now, truth and love, okay? We've we got we to learn that. Truth and love, but God is wanting us to live in the spirit of truth, in the spirit of faith. What does that mean for us? Do you have a promise from God? Has he spoken to you about something? He's confirmed it in and through his word. You just know that you know that you know that God has spoken to you about something. How do we respond when our brain tries to write that off and we logically try and talk ourselves out of that? <laughs> Seems too hard. I've done the math. doesn't add up. God says, yeah, I've got a different multiplication system. His maths is different to ours. <laughs> We can see the future with faith like Caleb. The second thing we see in Caleb is he had a wholehearted commitment to God. Can you imagine what it would have been like for Caleb? It's like, yes, we've got the promised land right here. And then God says, nope, we're not going in. I would have complained to God if I was Caleb, but I did everything you asked me to. Why, why is their disbelief, why is their lack of faith stopping us from going in? Why can't we just go in now? And yet Caleb 
had to endure another 40 years in the wilderness. You don't think you would have been tempted to grumble just a little bit? It's like I'm 40 years old, I'm in the prime of my life, I'm ready to take my promised land, build my home for my family, and you are going to walk around the wilderness because you guys didn't have enough faith. And yet he walked wholeheartedly. He had a, his heart fully sold on God. He, like Joshua, served the Lord wholeheartedly. And this is the, the shift that needs to take place in our lives. When we begin to live not based on our feelings or by our circumstances, when our inner conviction is stronger than the external pressure, then it doesn't matter what's thrown at us. We're doing a series coming up soon, The Beatitudes. I can't wait to preach that. We're looking at the fact that Jesus is in the business of happiness. What? Really? Is he? Yeah, but it's an interesting list. The first three speak about the bankruptcy of our souls and our desire and our need for God. And when we come to that conclusion, it's like, I'm blessed. See, I think Caleb just knew that. He knew that relationship with God was enough. So if it's another 40 years in the wilderness, okay. Because I'm following him wholeheartedly. And I think there's some people that even today you're going, I missed out on my chance because of someone else. Somebody else failed me or let me down. And actually, there's still a little bit of bitterness there. You're still a little bit hurt because of what someone did or said or, or their actions. And God's saying, would you, would you forgive them? Would you let them go from that debt that you're, you're expecting them to pay? The promise is still there. It's still there. But would you serve me wholeheartedly and not hold on to those things, those boxes that Jaden talked about? Some of us, some of those the boxes of offense. In, in fact, we, we, we don't just have them in a room. We, we carry them around. We walk into a conversation, and that person sounds a little bit like that person. They're saying words that sound a little bit like that person who's hurt us badly, and God is saying, would you lay the box down? Would you trust me? As a team come today, when we're discouraged, what will we do? What are the voices that we will, or what are the words we will speak? Can I encourage us in the season to find the word of God, the scriptures that will secure the promise, remind us of the promise? My words aren't good enough, but God's are. <laughs> I mean, I can speak all I like, but it means nothing. But when I speak the word of God, the words of God are powerful and active like a two-edged sword. We need to speak the word of God over our situations in this season. Because then we know what the truth is. We truly understand what the truth is. When we've been wronged, will we choose to forgive rather than seeking revenge? If we're hurt, feeling broken, will we persevere and press in? I believe God's asking us as a people to grab a hold of the Caleb spirit. I believe there's a Caleb spirit that's required in this generation. I'm listening to the testimonies, the stories of our, our young people standing up for righteousness, living their lives 
wholeheartedly serving the Lord. Excited about that. Saying, you know what? I, this is going to hurt a bit, but I've got to say it. I'm not going to stay silent. Actually, I'm going to let my voice be heard. And people will go, you know what? That's a strong word, but man, I know they love me. There will be a heart of love that says, I'll speak the truth. Speak the truth. Because we've got to combat the lies that the enemy wants to sow into the hearts and minds of our kids and our young people. Would we speak that truth? Would we have an enduring spirit, a heart that's wholehearted, holding on to faith? I love in the book of Nehemiah when they're rebuilding the walls, opposition comes, wants to shut it down. Like, come down, come down. We're going to talk to you about something else. It's like Nehemiah said, I've got a good work to do. I'm not coming down. This is what he said, verse 9. He says, for they all were trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it will not be done. Now, therefore, oh God, strengthen my hands. I wonder whether some of us need to say, God, strengthen my hands, strengthen my heart. Because it's, it's hard. It's hard at the moment. And it's okay. Because our circumstances aren't going to determine whether or not we crumble. The challenges, the trials, even the pain we experience, it's actually okay. It's a part of suffering for Christ. It's part of the cross that we carry. But it's okay. Do you know why? Because God's promised. God's promised. He'll bring it to pass. From the young to old, God is looking for men and women with a different spirit and a heart fully committed to Him. Even Moses, Deuteronomy 34, 7, says this, Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was still good. His body was strong. <laughs> I just love that. How about Caleb? See, it's not an age thing. Somebody say, I'm past my prime. It's like, oh, okay, maybe you're not climbing mountains at... 85 but I'll tell you what there's something in your spirit saying give me my mountain because that's what happened with Caleb Joshua 14 10 to 12 now then just as the Lord promised he has kept me alive for 45 years this is Caleb speaking to Joshua so I've done 40 years in the wilderness and the last five years I've been fighting everybody else's battle in order to secure the land but I haven't got my land yet I'm coming for it listen to this so here I am today, 85 years old. Come on, somebody, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourselves heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as He said. I look at our church and I see giants of the faith. They occupy the second row and head back. And there's others. I'm not saying the second row is, is the only place. But I love the fact that I hear them singing the back of me, cheering me on, cheering us on. They know more than I'll ever know. And yet they still want to champion us, this next generation coming through. We've got some giants in the faith. 
We get to stand on their shoulders because of the faith, the giving, what they've invested financially, emotionally, relationally into this place, the giants of our faith. And I think there's some of us who are saying, give me the city. Caleb said, give me my mountain. And you know what? Our promised land, it comes at a cost. Requires courage, sacrifice. And let's not be people that stand on the edge of the promised land and we go, it's too hard. It's too hard. God's saying, no, no, trust me. We're going to step into the promise together. And we have this confidence. Here's my confidence. My confidence is not in myself. You'd be in trouble. If, if, if this was Mike's strength. I'm up here. The strength of God in my life. I'm here because the pioneer of my faith, Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith has gone before me. Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. I'm here. Many of us are here today because of what Christ did for us. Endured, surrendered, sacrificed in order to experience that joy of relationship with God. The spirit that resided in Caleb was Christ's spirit. The spirit of God was in Caleb because he had a surrendered heart. And friends, that's all it is. Our future, all that God has for us, depends on a surrendered heart. Is my heart surrendered to the plan and purpose of God? Is my heart surrendered to the fact that I'm going to have to let go of control and hand it to the one who knows the plans and purpose of my life? It's not easy. It's not easy to say, God, I've been doing this my way and I think I've been doing a pretty good job. But but actually, some of us here today are saying, actually, I haven't been doing a good job. I need help. You're in a perfect place right now. Say, God, I don't know what to do. But I'm getting a sense that you do. So I'm going to put my trust, my hope in you today. And I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your relationship is with God. I don't know whether you've ever surrendered your life to Him and said, God, I want to trust you with everything. But but you need to understand God loves you. God desires relationship with you, but there's this thing called sin that has caused our relationships to be broken. Man's attempts to try and bridge the gap with our good works and our attempts at being a good person all falls flat. Because the Bible says that there is no unrighteous, not a single person. Except one. That person is Jesus. And Jesus lived as God, fully God, but also took on all the, 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 the potential of failure as a human. And yet he did not sin. Not even once. Did he feel fear? Probably. Was he anxious about going to the cross? Yes, he was. In fact, we read verse 42 of Luke 22. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And listen, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. When we surrender our lives to God, he strengthens us. Friends, I'd love to pray a prayer. You join me. 
surrendering your life to Christ, saying, God, I want to surrender everything to you. If that's you, you can repeat after me or in your heart to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, to forgive you of your sin, to discover new life and freedom in Him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you sent Jesus, your only Son, to die on the cross for my sin. Even though I didn't deserve it, you gave everything for me. So today, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to be Lord of my life. Please forgive me of my sin that separates me from you. I receive your grace and your forgiveness today in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.